Welcome back to Insurance Foundation's podcast. I'm John Troms. I'm excited about this podcast because I get to address the cynic in all of us. If you listened to my last podcast about annuities, you probably were like me when I first heard about annuities. You were excited about the concept of the security, potential to not outlive your money, and you know no real downside, just upside potential. And it all sounds a little too good to be true. And I don't know about you, but I first ran out after I heard this and started Googling what's wrong with annuities. There is a lot of information out there about why annuities are bad. And I was surprised when I found that. And as someone who was getting into the potential of working with these products, I wanted to make sure that I was going to be putting people into products that were really good for them and not negative. I mean, why would I want to get into an industry that was doing something bad for people. So let's cover some of these objections, which I think if you go and Google some of the problems people see with annuities, you're going to come up with some of the same list that I did. And uh, let's work through them because I had to when I first got into this industry. And I think this is a, a really good place to start. And if you have uh, additional things that you found that you would like to talk about, feel free to reach out to me at insurancefoundations.com. Again, I'd love to find out more of what people are thinking and how they're feeling about stuff and work through these things. This is, you know, just a conversation we can have and there's nothing scary about it. Here's the list that I found. And we'll go through it. I'll, I'll just list them all out and then we'll break them all down and kind of take them one by one. First of all, everything that annuity can do, you can do better with something else. Second one, limited growth potential. Third, no access to your money when you actually need it. Fourth one, confusing contracts and lots of hidden fees in those contracts. The next one is a tax issue. There is a tax penalty for taking your money out of an annuity if you try to do it before age 59 and a half. And you get an extra 10% tax penalty on top of your income tax. The last one is kind of the one that's dearest to my heart and the one that really made me pause when I first got into this industry. Uh, because it says that the... The motivation of the agents is not based in your goodwill. It is based in the high commission rate that the insurance agent gets. And this one, again, really kind of kicks home uh, because I consider myself to be a good person and trying to do good things. So if this was true and this was the danger of it, this is a really serious insinuation and, and accusation of something that really needs to be dealt with. But we'll save that one for the last because, again, that was the most important to me. And we'll just go through these one at a time. First of all, everything an annuity can do, you can do better with something else. This is a pretty broad-reaching statement, and I'm not sure exactly where they were coming from on this, because all of the research I can do, there is no other product out there that can guarantee your money and keep it safe for you and also provide income for life if you need it, that you can't outlive. There is no other product out there that can guarantee income for life that you cannot outlive. Meaning that if your account goes down to zero, if all of your money is used up and you keep on living, they will keep on paying you money. There's nothing else that can do this. There is no other product that actually will consistently pay you money for the rest of your life, even if you outlive your money. If you're trying to do other stuff like maximize growth potential, then there are other products that are designed to do that better than what an annuity can do. There is nothing else out there that comes with the guarantees, the contractual guarantees 
that are backed by the billions of dollars that the insurance company has that can guarantee you income for the whole entirety of your life, regardless of what the account does. So in my opinion, annuities can do something that nothing else can do, as opposed to everything else can do what annuities can do better. Annuities are specifically designed tools that do what they do extremely well to the exclusion of anything else. Nothing else can do what an annuity can do. This brings me to the next one, which is limited growth. So the argument is that annuities have very little ability to grow, and if you're trying to actually grow money, you really should do something else. Again, I think this really comes down to a lack of understanding of what annuities are designed to do. Annuities are not growth-focused. Now, annuities do have the ability to grow. They are designed to have a growth potential of somewhere between 5 and 7%. They can do better than that, and they can also have no growth. The thing is, is the growth is not the point of an annuity. The growth is an, uh, an ability that they have, and that's really fantastic because you do want some growth potential, especially when you're trying to offset uh, inflation rates as things go. But annuities are designed primarily to keep your money safe, to make sure that you never wake up with that surprise when your money has just disappeared because of a political or global change or something happened, and all of a sudden your money kind of just evaporates and you have nothing left to live on. Annuities are a guarantee product. They are there to take away fear and to give you peace of mind. Now, you know, brokers and everybody will tell you that there are a lot more things with potential gain. And that is true because those products are designed for growth potential. For me, the focus is on that word potential. I don't like to gamble, mostly because the house usually wins. There's potential for really good growth in a well-managed stock portfolio. That being said, there is also a potential for loss. Depending on where you're at in life and what's going on, that potential for loss can outweigh the potential for growth. And that's where annuities come in. Moving your money over into an annuity then becomes extremely attractive, where you have some potential growth and no potential loss. Zero. Zero potential loss. You, your money will be there. I do want to quick insert a little story here uh, from a friend of mine who has been doing insurance for quite a long time, did a lot of research with large brokerage accounts across the nation, and his information showed that nationally, brokerage accounts actually only average about 7% growth over time. Now, he brought this up in a, a large conference that he was giving, and somebody in the middle of the crowd popped up, walked out of the building, and he got a call later that week from the gentleman. And the guy said, look, I, when you said that you know stock portfolios only have a 7% return nationally, I thought you were completely full of it, and, uh, you know, I just didn't want to listen to any more. Turns out, he actually ran a large brokerage company. He went back to his office, analyzed a lot of the major accounts that he had, and what he discovered was they were averaging just over 7%. When you compare that average growth of 7% to the 5 to 7% that an annuity is designed to really kind of stick to, it really kind of changes that from oh, that doesn't sound like a lot, to, oh, well, that actually sounds really comparable. Now, do you have potential for more growth? 
in stocks. Yes, sometimes you see gains of, you know, 30%. That is insanely awesome when that happens, if that happens. But then you have, you know, years when you have loss, like in 2008, we lost half the stock market value. And it took 10 years for some of my friends to gain back the break-even point from where they were at before 2008. In those 10 years of time waiting for it to grow back up, if you're close to retirement or you just don't like risk, and that's where annuities really come into their, into their own and shine. The next one is no access to your money when you need it. Ooh, that's a, that's a tough one. So if you need the money, you can't get it. If you listen to the first podcast on what an annuity actually is, I kind of touched on that a little bit. That is only in one case, and that is when you annuitize the annuity. Now, that means that you tell the insurance company that you want the maximum amount of lifetime payment every year for as long as you live. You're kind of betting you're going to live a long time, and they are going to portion out your money every year from then on. You don't have access to that money anymore. If you all of a sudden need, money to buy a car, replace things, go on vacation, pay for, you know, long-term care. You can't access that money. That is a, a very specific way, and that's only to maximize your annual payments. To be honest, I, I would really ask people to think about it very hard before you start looking at annuitizing an annuity. For most people, I think the options are better if you go with an income rider, and that means that you take a, a regular deferred annuity and you pay for the ability to draw income from that at some point in time without annuitizing. You are not surrendering all your money. You still have access to all your money. They charge a 1% fee in most of these contracts for that rider, and the potential 5 to 7% growth is supposed to offset that fee and keep things steady for you, have you grow some more money in there, and, you know, provide that income for life. I feel like that gives people more options so that if you do need access to your money at some point in the future, you have it available. That's the route that I really recommend for a lot of folk, but it could happen. It could happen that uh, annuitizing an annuity really makes sense for a client. Again, it's not for everybody. And definitely talk to your insurance agent about that and uh, really think about it before you do annuitize your annuity. So that's, that's really just one case that you don't have access to your money. Really, a lot of the uh, contracts now are designed to give you access to 7 to 10% of your, your money that has no fees, no surrender charges, no MVAs, market value adjustments. We can get into some of that later. They know people sometimes have needs or desires or wants, and they need access to some of their money. So they include these options in most of the contracts now where you get free access to some of your money. The next one I wanted to touch on a little bit is... Uh, Confusing contracts and hidden fees. Now, I really think this one actually comes from the variable annuity side and isn't so much applicable to fixed annuities, deferred annuities, or immediate annuities. And a variable annuity is this kind of hybrid product between investing directly in the stock market and an annuity which has that built-in guarantee of not losing money. I don't actually work with variable annuities, so this is not my realm of expertise. But variable annuities have an insurance component, which means that there are guarantees built into it. Um, some of the ones I think I remember reading about were there's, there's an option where you can get a return of the premium, so the money that you put into it is guaranteed, even if you lose all your money. 
I think there was one that included uh, an income for life stream that you could probably that you could access at some point in time. So variable annuities have an insurance component, and that insurance component comes with a cost. Now they also have an investment component, which has some potential for gain, just like a stock portfolio does. The thing is, you get to choose and pick where those stocks are invested and the groups of things that they're invested in. And there's lots of options for you, from what I understand. And so you can see potential for growth in areas that you really think are going to grow. Now, since this has lots of moving parts and there is an insurance component to it, a guarantee component to it, there are extra fees in addition to what you would normally find in a stock portfolio. This is not in and of itself a negative thing. This can be confusing, and I think a lot of people, when they are looking at some of these variable products, they tend to you know, gloss over some of all the terms because there's lots of stuff to cover. And I think that really comes down to the insurance agent that's selling the variable annuity really needs to spend a lot of time educating the person as to what they're getting into, what are the fees, the potential downside, you know, what are the actual nuts and bolts that really could affect their future? Legally speaking, the government and all the insurance commissioners of all the states have gotten together in the last couple of years and really made it mandatory for insurance agents to fully disclose all of the different fees, all the potential downside to, to not focus entirely on the growth potential and what could happen, but to really focus on only what's guaranteed and what could happen and what the fees are that are involved in what you're doing and how that could affect you. The annuities that I deal with, the fixed, deferred, or immediate annuities, those are really straightforward contracts. They're very simple. If you go through all of these contracts with a professional and one who very kindly is willing to sit and answer questions, um, I think the average person can really understand what's going on in an annuity contract within probably about like 30 minutes of a discussion. There are no hidden fees. There are no hidden commission charges. There, there's nothing hidden. Legally, everything has to be disclosed. And there is a lot of regulation on insurance agents and insurance companies in how they disclose their fees and what, they, what they're doing with the contract. I guess the, the point that I'm trying to make with this is the confusing contracts are really probably more focused on variable annuities that have a lot of moving parts and can be kind of confusing. As to the hidden fees... There are no hidden fees. All the contracts have the fees written in them up front. They might not be brought to your attention, and that is a, you know, a faux pas on the behalf of the agent. They should be bringing those things to your attention and explaining to you how they can affect you. Over all insurance products, though, there has to be full disclosure of all things related to them. Otherwise, the company's getting in a lot of trouble with... Uh, well, there's probably about like five different agencies that cover insurance companies. And so they're very careful about explaining everything and having full disclosure on every part of it. And, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons why I love insurance products is because they do try to be upfront with everything so that there's no confusion. There's no surprises that happen later on in life. That's one of the reasons why I love what I do. It, it's really upfront. So I want to move on to the next one, which is uh, a tax penalty. So a bunch of the articles I read mentioned that there was a extra 10% tax penalty if you tried accessing your money before age 59 and a half, and this was specific to annuities. This is 
actually a, a tax rule for what's called a qualified account. And in tax terminology, there are two types of accounts that you can have, qualified and non-qualified. A qualified account is one that is qualified for tax deferment. Now, this means that you have not paid taxes on that money. You have not paid income tax on that money. And since the IRS is going to get their money somehow, and at some point, you are going to have to pay taxes on that when you access it. Retirement accounts are special because they are able to be qualified for tax deferment. That means that you put the money in there and you gain interest on the money that's there or the growth with the money that you put into it. You also get to grow on the money that you would have already given the government in taxes. And you get to grow on the interest that that money that you would have paid the government gains. So it's called a triple growth potential. This is really, really wonderful and a great tool for building wealth quickly, especially at younger ages. It really gives it time to just bump up and hopefully you see, you know, really good gains in that. Now, when you start drawing out that money, you have not paid taxes on any of it. So anything that you take out is taxable as income. A 401k, an annuity, an IRA, anything that is a qualified retirement account. If you try drawing money out before age 59 and a half, the IRS says that there is a 10% extra income tax penalty on that. There are exclusions and provisos built into this. It's a tax rule, so there's a lot of complications that can come of it. If you need to access your money before age 59 and a half, talk to a tax professional. There are ways you can get, that, get access to that money without paying that 10% penalty. But talk to a tax professional. I am not a tax professional. I just know some of the tax law. And specifically when it comes to retirement accounts, because an annuity can be something that you can roll over your 401k into. So when you get to retirement, when you have access to your 401k, or if you've left your job and you have access to your 401k from that previous job, you can move that money into an annuity, the same tax deferred growth, and then access it the same way you would with the same tax rules that you would of your regular 401k. But it comes with the safety and security that an annuity has. Thing to always remember though with a qualified account of any kind if you try taking out your money and accessing your money and it's retirement money it's a retirement account if you try doing that before age 59 and a half you will incur an extra 10 percent tax penalty that is not specific to annuities that is specific to a qualified account so that's just a wonderful tax rule which i'm sure you were dying to find out about and uh, this brings me to the last thing I wanted to cover in this podcast, which was the thing that was closest to my heart, the motivations of the agents. Now, the insinuation was, and this was across several different articles, uh, they all kind of brought up the same thing, that annuities have a pretty high commission rate, and that because of that pretty high commission rate, insurance agents really cannot be trusted to do something that is in your best interest because they're really just focused on how much money they can make. This is a, a pretty serious accusation, and if it's true, really should cause some concern for you, the investor, you know, if the person that's giving you this recommendation is really doing it out of your best interest. So let's talk about how an insurance agent gets paid. The commission. The commission is a sticky subject for a lot of people, and, and you know, how people get paid is, in our culture, kind of, well, it's difficult to talk about, honestly. 
Because if someone gets paid too much, we think that's a bad thing. If someone gets paid too little, that's also a bad thing. So there has to be this middle ground that we kind of are willing to accept. Now, insurance agents, especially with annuities, get paid a lump sum commission one time up front when the contract is initiated, when it's signed. So when a, a customer moves their money over from a 401k into an annuity, when they sign the documents and the money gets transferred, I get paid a commission. Now, that commission is the only income that I have from the insurance company. It can happen one time, and that rate is, you know, somewhere around 6 to 7%, something like that. I, I don't actually pay much attention to those, and I'll get into that in a little bit. But that, that can be a pretty decent amount of money. Now, since it's the only way that I get compensated, all of the research that goes in beforehand, all of the meetings that we have, the phone calls, the hours of explaining everything, um, doing going back and forth with the brokerage agency to make sure all the paperwork's correct, finding the right contract for you. And then after the contract is signed, that relationship that we have from that point on, again, I do not get compensated for that in any way, shape, or form. That is all taken care of one time, up front, and that's it. Now, if I do my job really well, if I find the absolute perfect company, the absolute perfect contract, the absolute right thing for you, and you are happy with that, and you keep your money in that because it's the wonderfulest thing in the world, I cannot get paid again. That's it. One time, if I do my job right, I cannot make any more money again. This is, I think, the thing to remember about the high commission rate is that it is actually stretched out over time. It's a lot less money than it sounds like up front in one lump sum. Most people don't get paid in a lump sum. You don't get your year's salary in one day. And you go, here you go. Here's your $50,000 for the year. Or here's your $100,000 for the year. Think, there you go. That's kind of how it works for annuity agents. They get paid one time up front and it's like, think, there you go. Here's all the money you will ever make off of this contract. Have fun. Spend it wisely. This is something that, uh, you know, a lot of other brokerage agencies and, uh, you know, people that work with stocks, bonds, mutual funds, bank accounts, things like that, they get paid slowly over time, more like average jobs do. Insurance agents get paid in annuities with a lump sum, one time upfront, and they have to stretch that out. And hopefully they're providing you good service after that time and before that time, which was all basically not paid or is supposed to be covered by that one lump sum. The other thing I wanted to get into is how to identify if someone is actually giving you a good choice and a good option and they're really kind of uh, really listening to you and helping you achieve your goals, not just their goal of getting paid. I mean, everybody wants to get paid and that is a motivation and it's why we work. But how do you determine if they're actually helping make good decisions? Well, there's a simple thing that I think you can do and it's see if they ask you questions. If someone walks up to you and says, ooh, I've got this really great thing, you've got to do it. I mean, it might be a great thing for you. It might help you achieve your goals, but it's really going to be kind of accidental. Now, if somebody walks up to you and says, hey, what are you trying to do in life? Where are you at right now? What's going on? What are you interested in? What do you hope for? How much risk do you like? What's, you know, you want to gamble on something? You want to not? What are your hobbies? What do you want to do with life? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? If they're finding out about you, and then they come up to you and say, hey, here's this thing that actually when you said this, that does that. That's for you. That meets your needs. 
that helps you achieve your goals. And there is no other way to find out if that product is actually going to work for you without asking you a lot of questions and having a long conversation about who you are and what you got going on. I can get into the fiduciary aspect of my role and what that means. A fiduciary is basically someone who has been given the responsibility to act as a reasonable person would for the benefit of the person who gave your responsibility over their finances. Now, I have fiduciary responsibility toward the insurance company, and I also take on a fiduciary responsibility to my customers. And I will get into that in a, a podcast on fiduciary responsibility. But what it really comes down to is... Is the person who's recommending something for you to do actually finding out about you? If you go to a stockbroker and you say, I want to make money, and they say, great, give me your money. How do they know what to invest it in? What if they go and invest in a meatpacking company and you're vegetarian? Or what if they invest in foreign stocks and you really would like to see American companies grow. How do they know what your investment ideas are? How do they know how much to put into uh, mutual funds or bonds or directly invested in the stock market? How do they know these things if they don't ask you questions? If the person you're talking to is not finding out about your life, what their recommendations are, are probably not really going to be the best fit for you. Find a different agent. Find someone who is going to learn about you and give you recommendations so that they line up with your dreams, your future, and your personality. Why would you settle for anything less? So the motivations of an agent, you should be questioning the motivations of everybody who's giving you advice about what to do with your future. If they are not giving you advice based on your life, then they're only doing it based on their own. I hope that alleviates some of the skepticism that, well, frankly, I had when I first got into this business and that I see in a lot of the financial uh, papers that are out there and a lot of the articles that are written out there. Again, if you have an objection that you found that you have a concern that's been weighing on your mind about annuities and insurance products, reach out to me insurancefoundations.com and send me an email. Let's chat. Let's set up a time to talk. I would love to hear about your concerns and I'd love to talk to you about them. If you've been on the fence about it, uh, getting an annuity and this answered some of your questions and you're kind of ready to actually protect your future and make sure that you have zero loss because you just don't like that in life or you're at that point in life where you don't have time to recoup any loss that happens and you'd like to find out if an annuity product is right for you, or if it works out for you, again, reach out to my website, insurancefoundations.com, and let's go take a look. We'll walk through it together, and we'll see if this is a good fit for you, if it lines up with where you're going. And if it does, you can join the happy ranks of customers out there who have annuities, and they are extremely happy with what they have provided for them and the peace of mind that that gives them for their future. Hope this was informative and helpful. My name's John Trom. Stay tuned and we'll see you on the next one. I think we're going to cover indexing and how annuities make money. We'll see you next time.